record. Okay, we should be up and running. Hopefully. It's like the, it's like the <laughs> mail, right? He just is a... We just all do that to start the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, welcome back to the Pause Ryan Play podcast. We're here. We're trying something new today. So obviously I'm staring into a camera for the first time if you're watching this visually. Um, welcome. Vince has done so much to get things kind of going and kind of like a natural progression of the podcast. So where was that clapping reel, that applause reel that you had on this? Is this one? I don't know. You have to... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the yellow one, the yellow That's one. That's pretty good too, though. There you go. Vince nice. Gets, Vince gets applause from us, so thank you, Vince. You're I would welcome. Gi- I'd give you two thumbs up, but I only have one. So oh, ah, now I can throw But now I put jokes. all this work into it, so now we have to start consistently playing again. Recording again. Sorry, this is all playtime. All, all right, I just want to <laughs> shake your hand and commit to it. Here you go. It's official. It's official. I commit. Uh, <laughs> it's like now we need like a stamp. What are those people called? A notary? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, we're we, gonna we don't have to do it every week, but, you know, if we can find some sort of consistency, that would be fun. How I about think. like biweekly would be good? That's fine. I mean, whenever you guys are available. I have a lot of time on my hands, as you can tell. So well, <laughs> you guys are the ones with lives. When you're ready to record, I am available. <laughs> do you want to know something crazy is recently because I'm like fit getting to the finale of school officially. I can count on one hand how many classes I have left after Ooh. this semester, which is crazy for me um, because I freaking suck at school and I'm taking way too long to do it. Um, but I, my life is very consistent. I wake up in the morning. I do some light yoga. Then I go to work, and then I take a lunch. Then I walk the dogs and play the dogs. Then I go back to my computer and do analytics until, like, 11 to 2 in the morning. And – uh I only have one more final for the semester. They have three weeks off, so we better make the most of it. And then it's Christmas break for three weeks? Yeah, Christmas break for three weeks. Then, you know, I go back to work for three weeks, and then my baby is allegedly supposed to arrive during that time. Really? That that soon? Yeah. God, it's coming up fast. You guys want to hear something crazy? This is is whatever. Yes. But my baby is like a pound and a half heavier than the average baby at the current timeline. So my baby is huge. I heard. Yeah. Poor Allie. Allie told me. Yeah, they're, Allie's freaking out. She's like, what genetics do you have? I don't even know how much I weighed at birth, if you really want to know that. Like, it's not on my birth certificate. Like, it doesn't exist anywhere. Nobody knows. It's a mystery. Maybe you were just like a big old baby, and we never knew until now. And, and plus, I would have been lighter than, than like, perceived it. I've been, like, a standard-issue two-armed baby. So, who knows? Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> How much does an infant arm weigh? Has anyone done the research on this? Hey, Google. Hey, Google. <laughs> or whatever, Alexa, Siri, whoever you do. Someone around uh, here. Someone, please. I don't know. Well, should we get past the banter, say hello, and get right into the podcast? What do you Let's guys do think? It. I like right. it. I do like a little banter, though. Oh, dude, I have a fun fact for today. It has nothing to do with movies, but I really, I came across this today, mm-hmm. and I wanted to go over it. All right, pretend that you're in Detroit, Michigan, all right? You're in Detroit, Michigan, and you head directly south. What are the first three countries that you would pass through besides this, besides the United States? And hint, they all start with C and end with A. Cuba? Q- all three of them. Colombia? You're asking the wrong guy. I C- suck at geography. So Cuba and C, it starts with C and ends with A. It starts with C and ends with A. If you're going straight down straight to the Straight down, C- the first three that you'll cross. 
not Col- not Columbia. Not Columbia. Columbia's well, too Columbia far is too east. far the other way. So, uh, you want to hear something crazy? Yeah. Cuba's not the first one. What? They go across. Canada. Because Detroit goes like this and like right there. Oh, freaking Canada. slips in. Has a little peninsula in there. So you go straight down. You'll go through Canada. You keep going down. You'll go through Cuba. And then if you go straight down from Detroit, like if you drew like a super straight line, you hit barely Costa Rica. Ah, oh, Costa Rica. As that little middle part. Sorry, that is like the weirdest thing that we didn't have to talk about, but it was just like <laughs> cool. the craziest sounding fact <laughs> well, that now, I learned today. Now you so. know it. Josh's Josh's fact corner. Josh's geography quiz on our movie podcast. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's do it then. Let's podcast about a movie. We came here specifically to talk about a movie called The Menu, or in Dutch, Het Menu, or The Menu. Or in Portuguese, o cardápio. Or in English, the menu. <laughs> oh, no. I suck at this. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, you, I you don't know s- geography, and I don't know different languages. Por que, Moving on. Porque tu es no habla un other language. I know, I know a little Spanish, but I don't know how to say menu in Spanish. I don't either. <laughs> do we need to just really quick recognize that we're attempting to do this on video for the first time, or did we already do that? I think we lightly acknowledged it, but like you watching oh, this yeah, right now. Oh, yeah, because you're staring into the camera. Okay, yeah, I'm, on. I'm awkwardly staring into the camera, too. I'm I'm like hunching, too, because I want people to be able to see us, but if I sit up to a healthy range here, you know. This the whole time, you just got to sit up straight. <laughs> just working on my posture, boys. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're, we're actually like good, good call out, Vince. Like really, we are trying to, to really develop and grow the podcast in like a cool angle. And Vince really has been the spearhead behind it. But good job yeah, memorizing yeah, that one. I'm, I'm memorizing that one. I didn't want to do that. I'm just, I'm just real worried that something. There's so many different pieces going on now. I'm like checking the video feed on my watch. I'm making sure the recording's going. I'm making sure the mics are all working. <laughs> I'm just like paranoid that something is going to break, which probably will eventually. Do you guys know about Murphy's law? That something will always break. Well, what can happen will. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's, oh, I, I learned that from Meanwhile. Inception. Not Inception. Interstellar. Interstellar, thank you. I learned that from Interstellar. So, yeah. But, yeah, we're talking about the menu tonight. Um, Real quick, just to recognize one more thing. If you hear growling, like growling and dark barking in the background, you've probably seen my dumb dog's head pop up every once in a while. Or the, hey. little, or the little tail wag. We yeah, got so- they're down here wrestling around. So I'm sorry if there's a growling in the background. Also, one of the dogs who's holding their own is like a third of the size of the other dog. So Yeah, yeah, Bernard the Pug. <laughs> He's got a, the heart of a champion, man. I like that you just labeled him Bernard the Pug. Like that's just so <laughs> honest. Like Bernard the Pug. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, so Paige got Bernard years ago. We call him Bernie, right? Mm-hmm. And then I got my dog like what six months ago, something like that, maybe a little longer. Yeah. I named him Mac after Fat Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and you know we just call him Mac. Yeah. And if you get really frustrated with both the dogs, you're like Bernie Mac. And then it gets really weird because people think I'm like a super fan of Bernie Mac, and like, I'm not really a super fan. <laughs> All right, we can we can I, talk about happens. no no no. <laughs> I was actually gonna pull up my letterbox because I saw Josh like load his. I as pulled well. up because we always tend to do you yeah. know usually we have a quick little hey what have you been watching recently what have you been getting into and so letterboxed yeah. you know who we are not sponsored by, but would love to one day, of course. Thanks, Letterbox. For your <laughs> I thought when I was pulling all the, like, movie information tonight, I thought about getting the Letterbox review. Like, you know how we do, like, I yeah. gave it this, and Flickster gave it that. But it's kind of hard because it's, like, just in bars. And so it's, like, I thought I think we could they get the give one it that's, an like, average. Yeah, the, the, 
the highest rating, like which is, we could do that. The, there's like the mode. Yeah, if we want these to things you mode. learned in elementary school <laughs> mathematics, the, the mean, mode, the, the one that has the mode. The oh no, the mode is the one that's like I don't know. That's so been, I can I can add that next time into the show notes. Yes, good, 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 very good. All right, um, I'll just start it off. I've been kind of on a Christmas kick lately because you know it's December. When we're recording this. So besides the menu, which I did watch as well, my last three movies watched are Muppet Christmas Carol, five stars, always the best Christmas movie to ever exist. I literally watched that before I came and got you. I know you did because I saw Sisters Marco Polo. (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. It's fine. Keep keep forgetting that it came out. I liked it. It It's fine. Like you're not missing anything by not seeing it, but it's like kind of cute, kind of cool. And then Happiest Season. One of my favorite newer um, holiday movies. Have you watched Kristen that one? Stewart. Yes, he has. Saw yeah. I saw it on Letterboxd. Uh, I, I couldn't remember if that was the name of it, but I thought Aubrey I was pretty Plaza, sure that's what it was. One of my favorite new Christmas movies. So Really good. Uh, and then Wednesday. I've been watching Wednesday on Netflix. Not binging it, though, because I'm still not done, so no spoilers. How far into it are you? I am on episode five, Out of I think. eight, right? Out of eight, yeah. Have okay. you seen The Dancing yet? Yes. The thing that you see everywhere. Yeah, I know it's huge. It's all over the internet. So, so I don't even have Netflix anymore. We got rid of Netflix, and uh, then this came come, came out, and like a couple other shows that I wanted to watch, all are on Netflix. All of a sudden, and I'm like, why did I get rid of Netflix? So, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to come over to your house and just sit in your living room and watch it. Maybe I'll come to Vince's house. Do it. Cuddle with Bernie. Yeah, you're always welcome. Nice. I got two TVs in the house. We can even watch <laughs> separately. Vince, <if> you <laughs> <laughs> you're next. What have you been watching? Uh, I, I actually just finished Wednesday last night. Uh, I liked it. It was really good. Um, <laughs> it's Harry Potter. It's Harry Potter, but with Adam Stanley. Yeah? Yep. Yeah? yeah? It's like a Harry Potter TV yep. show, and that's why it's super popular. <laughs> that's kind of my vibe I got from it. Something like that. A like, lot of people like Jenna Ortega, it seems, as oh, well. Oh, love her. Love her. So. She's she's like the new Scream Queen, man. She's showing up in all the good horror movies. What else has she been in? Uh, the new Scream. Okay. Um, she was in that movie. I haven't watched it yet, but it's like a really big like indie horror or something X, right? Uh, I don't know. She's in that one. I've I've seen some interviews um, from her talking about Wednesday stuff, and she had mentioned it. I think cool. she f- they filmed it in New Zealand, and she brought it up a few times. So X. There's some other ones too that I can't think of off the top of my head, but she keeps showing up. Maybe in the Babysitter Two, but that might have been someone else. I want to say that was her. Don't watch the Babysitter Two. It's terrible. But I think she was in that one. Is right? the fir- I, is I the saw f- the first one. Oh, the I first did. one was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Is the babysitter with Arnold Schwarzenegger? No. Or am I no, thinking no, no, Kindergarten no. It's, a, it's a crappy, like, B-horror movie. Oh. And the the first one was really fun. Yeah, she's in it. She plays Phoebe in it, in it and she's she's fine in it. I mean, it's a dumb one. The first one's good. You should watch the first one next The first Halloween. one's good, except for it's, you know, on Netflix. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But uh, oh, I'm not saying that's a bad thing that I think it's Harry Potter, but with the Adam Sandley, like, I mean, it's like the third most popular show on Netflix already in the first season. Wow. And it's fun to see Tim Burton back. Um, there's a monster in it, and I love the design of the monster and how it looks and, like, almost like a CGI monster, but, like, you can almost, it almost has, like, a physical feel to it just by the way it looks, if that makes sense. Because it has such a physical, because it's like you see the monster, or at least kind of it, in the first couple of episodes, right? And it has such a physical feel with its body and the way that it looks. But then you look at its face and its eyes, and it's so like, it's like comical and not like Like goofy. almost cartoony. It is very cartoony but, while still looking yeah. real, right? And so it makes it look like a cartoon weird monster, 
while still being like, hey, this is just like weird spooky thing, right? Yeah. It's not meant to be like, oh, that was so scary, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like, and then you see like drawings of it throughout the show, and it's just like, oh yeah, this is totally Tim Burton. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just got his vibe so much. Um, Harry Potter's good, and the Adams Family is a lot of fun. Uh, I'm I'm a 35 year old adult now, though, <laughs> so like high school dramas aren't as fun as they used to be. But I really, I, I still really enjoyed it, and I loved the Adams Family references through the whole thing. Um, I would, I definitely recommend it. Um, but to wrap around to movies, well, I got a shout out real quick. White Lotus season two, the series season finale is on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, White Lotus might be my favorite TV show of the year. I have lo- I binged the first season and then went right into the second season and I have absolutely loved every minute of it. Now to movies, I saw Violent Night. Yeah, good. I need. I want. It was to. a lot of fun. It was really really fun. Um, it was like a over the top, Die Hard, Home Alone, John Wick is is really entertaining. So you know I love I'd, David Harbor. Yeah, I'd hide it. And if you love David Harbor, you'll like this. Like all of it was good. Um, the guy who's in. Actually, the menu was in it too. John Leguizamo. Oh yeah, it's nice that he's showing up in movies again. I kind of missed him and didn't realize he's freaking Luigi. Luigi. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. He he deserves like a little bit more attention than he has gotten historically because I feel like every performance he's done, like he's not the greatest actor in the world, but he's good enough, and you can buy it that he's there. And he brings a little swagger to it every time. You're like, ah, this man's got swag. Yeah. Yeah. I really like him. I vote. I mean, he's he's one of those like childhood actors I'll remember forever. He was the clown in Spawn. Like I said, he was in the Mario Brothers movies. Like, ah, he's just good. He's just fun. I'm glad he's showing up again. Yeah, that's about all. I've I mean, I've been watching a bunch of other stuff, but that's all I really want to talk about. And Casey. Da, 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 da. Um, I've watched a lot since I saw you, actually, guys. Um. I didn't tell you guys about this, but I watched Black Panther 2 in Canada at a massive freaking theater in Canada in 3D. I still hate 3D. Oh, they offer 3D in regular movies now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize they're still doing that. I thought, they, I thought we moved past that. We ha- <laughs> we, we should have, but we have Canada haven't. hasn't yet. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. But then also, um, since I've been here, I watched Where the Crawdads Sing, which was actually super epic. I don't know if you guys watched that one. Um, I've heard a lot about it. I haven't watched it, though. Very intriguing story. I watched Severance, which I could go off on for a long butt time, but I'm not going to. Um, I like your idea. If Casey had an idea that we do a mini episode or something about Severance, and I'm all about that. <laughs> Wait, Vince, have you seen Wakanda Forever? Yeah, I did. Yep. Okay, yep. just me then. You haven't seen it yet? You're alone? What's going on? Uh, I just haven't been going to the movie theater a lot lately because there's like... It's not like it's super far or anything. It's just further because when I lived in Pleasant Grove and when I lived in Layton, you know, there was always one just like right there where I could literally see a movie was going to start in like five minutes and just get there, right? And like I said, it's not that it's super far, but there's not one like right in the city that I live in right now. Yeah. But... It's yeah, we like either have to drive far. south for ten or like either come up here to this one or north. That is, yeah, we're out of the way now. So. Um, so it's just like it's not like it's that big a deal. I just like if I'm gonna go see a movie, I actually have to be like, okay, I'm gonna go see a movie on this day on this time and go do it. Which it's also not like it's that big a deal. the The main thing I'm getting at is I'm lazy. Okay, like, <laughs> I, I actually have to go see the movie now. And don't get me, like the whole like COVID, you know, stuff started streaming direct to video and stuff like that instead of just 
in the theater, don't get me wrong, there are some movies like, you know, like Black Panther and other things that I'm like, yes, you should and need to go see some things in the theater, right? Mm -hmm. But I just think my standard for that has kind of been pushed a little bit. Well, just like there are things that look better and some things that are really visually beautiful that they need to be seen in a theater or it just makes it so much better. And I'm just like, my bar for that is kind of low because I'm like, visuals if visuals is like the main reason you're going then yes like our work is taking us digitized work to go to a movie at the end of the year like they usually do and avatar is one of the movies and i'm gonna go see that and i'm not like a huge like avatar person or anything like that i feel like if work wasn't taking me i would probably still go but i would only go in the theaters like i don't think i'd want to watch avatar at home yeah right? yeah me like, either i actually went and saw uh, the first one again when it was re-released just barely and i would i own that movie and i've never felt like like the need to go back and rewatch it but as soon as they put it back in the theater again i was like oh yeah okay i'll go yeah. check that out oh it's in 3d perfect it's the only movie franchise i want in 3d well and that's what's hard is like if, if we're talking specifically like avatars a film built for the theater mm-hmm. like Watching it at home, like, no matter how big your screen is behind us, it still isn't the same as, like, the impact I remember. Like, Vince and I grew up in a very small area, and when that movie came out, I went to the biggest theater in the area. It's, like, a half the size of the theaters up here. And so, like, but that was epic for me. Like, it was amazing. It was an experience. And I still remember going to Avatar. We went twice. And so it was, like, super amazing. But then, like... Then watching it later on, like, my TV, it wasn't, like, it was Dances with Wolves with blue people. Or, yeah. Yeah, like, that's the story. Pocahontas. Yeah, Pocahontas, like, any of those stories. So, um, it's, just, it's just one of those things where it's, like, it needs to be in the theater, and there are franchises built. Actually, I want to shout out something really quickly, and I know it's, like, just a plug, but my professor who runs the, the marketing, like, it's a UVU Smart Lab marketing kind of data, they're jumping on the KSL News Radio show, actually, next week on the movie oh, segment cool. to kind of talk about um, Avatar, the new Avatar film and how it's going to potentially impact the way that we look at movies going forward. It's actually a very fascinating thing. I was talking to him about it for a little while the other day. I was like, that's cool. I didn't even know like people did that. Like it's on such a small level, like here in Utah, like, Oh, right. how will Avatar affect the future of movies here in the state? That's awesome. <laughs> um, on that note, I've become that guy who's like, yay, free movie. I'm going to go see Avatar. Oh, wait, it's not in IMAX 3D. Oh, maybe I don't <laughs> want to go see a free movie. <laughs> True. You're like, oh, man, I should see this before. So I see it. Yeah. Well, because that was, oh, what was it that we saw? I think last year we saw Spider-Man No Way Home, right? Because that was like a big was like December one? release. And I think it was my first time watching it, but I definitely considered because of you know, all the hype around it when it was going on. I definitely considered like going to see it before, like in IMAX, um, but I didn't end up doing that. So, but can know. we all talk about the days of going to see Star Wars every Christmas? It's I know over I miss now. that. Yeah, I miss it as well, and I miss that my company I used to work for used to pay for me to go see it. So uh, yeah. we need more Star Wars in theaters. We need more Star Wars. You hear that, John Favreau, whatever your name is, <laughs> make more Star Wars. Well, we saw Episode Nine, I think, but that was like that was at the very tail end. Now. Like a couple yeah. years, I think it was two years ago. Yeah, it was like three or four now. Yeah, dude, I always feel like I've only been at this job for like two years, but you're, you're, we're getting it's old. It's always though. longer. I guess I feel, I feel that way too. <laughs> Time is passing. We've been doing this since 2019, guys. That's the and that's, that's the what's crazy part. is like before this, we were still watching movies and seeing movies together. It's just all blended now. 2019, so three years. Yeah, 
Yeah. Jeez. We I don't think we've Sheesh. done an, an episode of the podcast on Star Wars before. So before that one? No, we, I don't think at we all did. since that one. I don't think we did it. No, we don't. We didn't do that one, did we? we? Didn't. I'm pretty sure. I, I don't remember, feel like I we remember did. complaining a lot about that one. And you had a friend that came over that knew Star Wars, and we even did a follow up. Oh, uh, we did. Yeah. I remember now. I was really let down by that movie. I, I it it <sighs> resides deep in my my mind. You wish you'd never seen Mind. Yeah. Oh. I haven't seen it again since, so. Well, sucks to suck. I've watched them all again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. We did a full episode, and I was, like, I was with Casey. I was like, yeah, we didn't do that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, come here, look at our list. Oh, yeah, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Can we there talk about is. that what's to, what sucks to suck moment right sucks. there? Like, that was a great exchange between <laughs> you and me. All right, but yeah, like the final movie I want to call out really quickly, if you don't have Apple TV that I've watched, is actually Spirited, um, the new one with Will Ferrell and uh, Ryan Reynolds. Um, Great holiday movie, and it was very funny. And if you like comedy musicals and Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, you'll love it. And uh, it's great. A lot of good twists. Also, I watched House of Gucci really quickly. Don't need to talk about that anymore. It was just House of Gucci. And it was everything I wanted it to be. I liked it. Too. Not a great film, not a terrible film, but I would watch it again. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. But uh, no, uh, what do you guys think? Do you think we should start talking about this our movie, or do we have anything else to add really quickly? No, I'm good. Time to get into it. It's time to get into why we're really here, which is the menu, right? Um, I, got, go, I got the movie info. Should we all clap simultaneously for it really quick? One, two, three. Oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Pass how we all Vince. three did something different right there. It's because that's what we do. But anyhow, Vince, you got the movie info. Take yep. us away, please. Okay, so the menu, directed by Mark Milloyd. The menu, directed by Mark Millard. Millard. I don't know how to say his name. Written by Seth Rice and Will Tracy. It was released on November 18th, 2022. Had a budget of $35 million and has so far has a worldwide gross of $48.6 million. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, um, 89% of critics like it, and 78% of the audience like it. And IMDb gave it a 7.5. What did Letterboxd give it? Letterboxd, the average score that users have given it is 3.8 out of 5. Starring Ralph Fiennes. How do you say his last name? Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes as Chef Slawick. Anna Taylor, Anya Taylor-Joy as Margot, Nicholas Holt as Tyler, and John Leguizamo as movie star. <laughs> um, I wanted to put, I forgot, I, I was going to add the uh, the chef's assistant, the actress that plays her. Uh, Hong Chow? Yeah, is that her name? Mm-hmm. I was going to add her to this list because I think she deserves to be on there too, but apparently okay. I forgot to add it. But she was fantastic in this, so I, d- haven't rec- I don't recognize her from anything else. I don't know if you guys do, but. I thought she was great. Got her and see what she's in, but yeah, I yeah. don't think I'd seen her anything else either. But I definitely liked what she did, and she was kind of like the forefront of like creepy staff people. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. she's always there, but it, like the person who greets you at the restaurant, and she's like there the whole time, but in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, like, she she's been in a lot of like TV series, looks like, but like she's a voice on BoJack Horseman. Um, American Dad, she's been on Big Little Lies, A to Z, but most recently she's been on The Watchmen, Homecoming, Artemis Fowl, Showing Up, which is a 2022 film, L- The Whale, and Ooh, uh, The, the Menu. Whale. So cool, she got a career. Yeah, got a career. Look forward to seeing her more. We're just great. ignorant, didn't know her until now. Probably. Um, I have one casting consideration. 
Okay. Ready. Uh, in 2019, Emma Stone was attached to play the lead with Alexander Payne directing, mm. but until that got changed. So I feel like, and this isn't meant to be like a dig at either of them, quite the opposite. It's meant to be good for both of them. I feel like both Anya Taylor-Joy and Emma Stone could have nailed this mm-hmm. role. I feel like both of them have like kind of, if we're talking about it in this way, like they could have both done very well. I think they kind of both have the ability to bring kind of that haunt that is humanity into things. Like not like a, oh, like a repulsive thing, but they, they're raw and they're real and they're good at being human in that moment, right? And But they also have a way of like telling a story through their movements, their facials, like how they, their facial expressions, how they do everything. And so, I don't know, they would have done great. That's interesting, I didn't know. Uh, I agree with both you guys, but I think with Emma Stone, she could have done well, but I feel like it would have been a very different version of the character. I mean, not very different, but I don't know. They just they just are different to me in my mind. Anya Taylor-Joy has such a, a unique vibe to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Emma Stone does as well, but I don't think they're the same vibe. They Yeah, well, they're very different. And, and, and I would say, like, from, and I hate being, like, the person, like, oh, blah, blah, but, like, you're right. The vibe they bring in is different, and also like their movements, their bodily movements, and, and the expressions, the way they do things, are different enough that you're right. But they're both kind of like if we're stereotyping people or categorizing people, right? They're both like like Caucasian women. Like that's what they <laughs> both look like, and they both fit like kind of like a stereotype. However, I Taylor Joy, I think, is like Argentine or Spanish British type thing, something like that, and so she has like a different feel to her, I think, than like. Just bring in Emma Stone. And, like, nothing against anyone. It's just, I yeah, think... there's just different. Yeah. And there's just different things. Here's the important part with Margot slash Aaron, right? Is that it's... I think it's really important for this role to have someone who could play it really well, but also someone who seems, like, kind of, like, a down-to-earth, like, not as, like, movie star, celebrity-style person. And that's not saying that Anya Taylor-Joy isn't, right? She's especially, over the last, you know, four or five years, like up and coming like celebrity and stuff, but I feel like it's less time than Emma Stone and Emma Stone has kind of cemented herself as like, Oh yeah, movie star and stuff like that. And Anya Taylor joy definitely is as well. But I feel like while she's still on the come up, it kind of makes it feel a little different. Right. Because, um, can I hit the spoiler button? Are we there uh, yet? Yeah, let's do it. Spoiler button. You know, if you know, watch the menu first, um, it's obviously, Right, the whole thing is that Chef, when he sees her and knows that she's a different person, right, it throws a wrench into his plan because she's not in that same class of people, right? Well, as everyone know. else, he doesn't know right. whether or not she is. Right? He doesn't know, and he finds out, and we find out as the movie goes along, right, is that she's not that super bougie, high class people who are going to pay twelve hundred dollars for a culinary experience, right? And so it's, like, really important that she can bring that real down-to-earth humanness to the role, which I feel like she does really well. Yeah, definitely. I I would agree with you. I think think in cementing that, like, good call-out. I was going to go off on another tangent, but I'm going to save it for later in the pod because we're we're kind of still at the beginning, the the comeuppance of everything. What do you think, Vince? Like, what's kind of your thoughts now that you've kind of, like, got kind of this space like what's what's your like if we were to do it in a quick quick snip snapshot snapshot of the film like how was it for you did you enjoy it was it like oh my gosh you're not dog <laughs> stop licking me Hello. i would like I to give you a stop. bath um i really liked it uh i went and saw it on a tuesday night kind of like i do on a 
semi-whim, you know. It was like, oh, Tuesday rolling around, I'm going to go see a cheap movie, and I've been wanting to see it for a long time, and sat down, and I really, really enjoyed it. I felt like it was a very unique, um, original idea uh, that they, they finally got across. You know, it wasn't high action, it wasn't high paced, and I did not know what to to expect from it. Like, I 100% expected this to be kind of an action thriller, uh, cannibalism or something kind of movie, you know? Same. From all the, like, vibes of just, like, oh, it's a, it, you're on, I, I 100% thought it was going to be, you're on the menu, you know? And, like, <laughs> and then they hunt them through the forest or something, and each one starts getting killed to start serving to some crazy high-class, like, what's People. the Purge, like, the Purge something movie. That's kind of what I expected from this, because I didn't really watch anything except for the one trailer a long time ago. Mm. So I was pleasantly surprised that that was not what this is. It's not this g- generic horror thriller movie you know it's it's something way i think smarter um loved the kind of tension but comic it's comedic it's comedic at the same time that's right we're right comedic like it's funny but it's also got like high stakes going on Mm -hmm. um well acted everybody in it's really good the setting's awesome and the uh the the shots of the food make it (laughs) look incredible like spoilers for later when we get to our most rewindable scenes like the rewind um just keep showing me those close-ups of those food yeah <laughs> i'll just rewind those and watch those over and over again i'm very hungry <laughs> actually when you're talking about this, like so yeah i i really liked it i thought it was i thought it was really good i wanted to we couldn't go the whole time because that food looked so amazing you know sadly it wasn't the actors it wasn't ralph fines who made the food oh my goodness crazy right I had to give a shout-out to its chef, Dominique Kren, is the main person who consulted on the movie and helped actually make all of those dishes and cool. stuff and made them look beautiful. So we have to shout-out her because she's incredible and made the food look that amazing. Well, and it's actual, like, a mixture of actual food service people with the artists, you know, going into this. And, and so many people, you you could talk about this for, for a long time, but, like, so many people look at, chefs now as artists and that's kind of a big premise of this movie actually is the chef as an artist how is art dying what is killing art and what is destroying the craft that so many have honed in on right because there's so much you can do that's no longer takes time to develop any longer like it's 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 very complex to like talk about but it also it's it's just i don't know it's quality film yeah no you're 100 right um and we'll get i think we'll get into that in a minute just uh the reason why the chef brought all these people together and including himself mm-hmm. in this whole menu. Um, but before we get to that, I just have to add on to what you said real quick uh, about the food and the the chef that made it. Um, I found a fun fact about it that said that, I'll just read it off. It says, though many of the cast and crew were often tempted to taste the delicacies between takes, they had to be reminded that the food items were pro- uh, predominantly props and thus inedible. Inedible. I mean, I guess that makes sense, right? You're filming over a few days or even a few hours, and that food's not going to look the same. It's going to look bad. I read, I read not as much, but I read a little thing about the final scene, right? And that was actually the final scene with all of the the s'more stuff. It was shot over like a few days, right? Oh, wow. And so that whole thing where they're like tossing out like chocolate and like Grant, right? You obviously can't just like have that sitting there for like hours as you shoot, and so they had to like find out how to make it look like this chocolate had just been like thrown out and stuff like that while making it just artificially. 
mm-hmm. right? And they had to practice with the actors beforehand. So, like, even though you're just going to be, like, throwing this chocolate, you have to throw it like this. Otherwise, it's not going to look like you actually did what's on the ground and stuff like that. So, Well, and just to, to throw another food reference, if any of you guys have seen the classic Gene Wilder film, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, that was an actual chocolate river, and it started to rot and real life, stink. That's a chocolate yeah, that's a real oh. life chocolate river. It started to rot and stink. And so they were not staying in that like building very long. Because originally it was very cool. Like, you know, the first few days, you know, it's consistently moving. But because it was real, like it's actual like chocolate saucy water and stuff like that, Wait. it like started to rot. Like, even when like Augustus Gloop fell in that shit? Yeah. Oh my god. He got glooped. Yeah, he, he literally he got, got glooped. glooped. Yeah. So <laughs> that like that's the thing, and Nick, I I, I, re- I watched an interview with Nicholas Holt or whatever his name is, who is the Tyler, right? Maybe. Yeah, Tyler is like <coughs> the the foodie, the guy who's taking pictures. He talked about it. He's like there, like some of his food had to be edible because he was always stuffing his face, right? But he's what a lucky guy to get that role. Well, he was like he's like the first few times is great, but when you're on take fourteen. Oh. He's like one, oh, you're you full, like spit bucket, right? but two, like you're still just like having to consume this as if it's the first time you've done it. Those oysters like, stuff, and not only that, feel, like, you know, and not only that, you have to appear so engrossed in it, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. his character literally, like, we're we're past spoilers, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later. Doesn't even care that he's literally gonna die. Like in a few hours, he's like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this food. Oh my goodness, these tortillas with my face labor. Oh, <laughs> give it to him. like. Oh my gosh, dude. Well, there's but for real. there's so much yeah. more to that moment though. Is like he's he's still proceeding as if nothing is happening, right? And he's just he doesn't. You're right. He doesn't care, but like the fact of the matter is, is that he he chose to continue his normal behavior. Like, taking pictures. Like, he's going to Instagram it later, even though he knows something. Like, it, this phone is going to be burned in a few hours. Like, it doesn't freaking matter, you know? Yeah. So, it's 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 all... Th- this, this film, we could go into it yeah, so, this, so deep. This brings me to my first kind of character uh, point or, or or theme of the movie or whatever is is the the Tyler of it all, you know, the person who, whether it be for food or whether it be for movies, like a, a, a critic for movies or whoever, you know, once you get too engrossed in something and you get too obsessed with the, the technical side of things that you forget to experience the magic of something, you know what I mean? Like I've talked to a lot of people who watch movies and just will like completely write something off because of some dumb reason, you know, some, you know, it wasn't made, oh, there's too much CGI or whatever, you know, like I complain a lot about like the CGI in a Marvel movie or something, you know, but, and sometimes I forget to just go in and just like experience the movie. And so I find, I guess that's my question for you guys. Is there, is there a character in this movie that you guys kind of see yourself in a little bit more than in the other ones? Cause I, I kind of felt like that way with Tyler to an extent, not to the point of just like, I'm a crazy, I don't care if I die just so I can experience this thing because I love this guy so much, but, like, I could see myself a little bit, and that guy was just like, oh, I got to cool down a little bit. Um, I think the chef's mom in the corner. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> just drinking in myself into oblivion. Disappointed in just... your children. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. Um, I didn't really thought about that, but I think, like, I feel like sometimes I could kind of see myself in – like Tyler or even just like, or even like the movie star, right? Not because I'd be famous, but just like, because like a lot of times I 
I want to experience things like that because it sounds cool, right? Like, he's not even, like, a super huge foodie, right? But he's just like, oh, this place, like, it's crazy, and I want to take you there because, you know, he likes his assistant, and he wants her to stay with him and stuff, right? Trying and so he just, like, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll go just, like, spend... And so I feel like, I like, myself, I've done stuff like that, not because... I know the chef or anything like that. I'm just like, oh, this thing sounds so cool and like super fancy. And even if it's like expensive, I'm like, yeah, like I could like give that a go or something like that when it's really like not that crazy. And I'm just like, oh man, but sometimes it is. And you're like, oh, whoa, crazy. But I'd say the, the movie star then and the grandma in the corner. The <laughs> movie star grandma in the corner. That's me. Um, yeah, that's Josh. Um, I kind of am like a sad, like the same thing, a mix of Tyler and a mix of the movie star. Because to be honest with you, I love the experience of something, right? Like that's what I want to go and do. However, I can be a pretentious jerk sometimes about food, especially because like I read cookbooks for fun. I follow celebrity chefs, like not even like people who like want to be like in the spotlight, but chefs who've like, I follow the Michelin guide. Like I like that kind of stuff. It's enjoyable to me. But I do not have a fancy processor thing that that guy has that turns whatever into snow. I like to cook a at jet. Whatever, yeah. yeah. I don't have that. But I, like, sometimes find myself, like, looking to the experience. So, like, for instance, like, you go to a place, like, when you're traveling, and I want the niche, stupid local food that's there that, like, like is on the street that everyone raves about. That they're like, oh, you have to go here. Because, like... Like, think about it. Like, we've all been to Portland to get voodoo donuts. Like, everyone's mm-hmm. done it. It's a stunt food. Like, people go for the experience, right? And that's where the movie star comes in. But then where Tyler, the, like, the obsessive in me comes, I, like, am, like, talking about, like, oh, gosh, the food is supposed to have, like, an acidic content like this. So it's supposed to do this. And then the next bite on the plate, like, where, you know, the section where they're supposed to have bread, but they don't have bread, you know? And it's got the different, like, oils and flavors and stuff like that. All those are supposed to give you, like, something unique and different. And, like, that's where I, like, wanted experience as well i'm starting to like spit out the side yeah, of my no, mouth, you know I'm like ah! but <laughs> but this it, is like the first podcast in a long time where we haven't like sat down like with our drinks and stuff yeah, and yeah. we're all talking about <laughs> food the whole yeah time. we're just like over here salving corner but like i i would say like i'm like a dirty mix of both of them like it's like it's shaken not stirred type thing like here and dirty so mix. yeah dirty mix mm. dirty beats <laughs> but it's, it's just you know <laughs> it's just kind of one of those things where you're like, oh, okay, well, and and that that's where it comes in. So I would say, like, more so, sadly, I I'm just like the the excessive worst parts of both of those characters. Maybe not Tyler. I wouldn't go somewhere if I knew I was gonna die, but I would definitely or go somewhere an because person. I'm slightly yeah. pretentious. How messed up was that? Yeah, it's so messed up. I think we. I mean, I've been that person, especially recently. I've I've kind of got on that, not to the point of going out to those islands for. You know, that experience for not for a $1,200 meal, but like fast food is ruined for me. Like, I can't do McDonald's anymore. I don't do Wendy's. Um, but man, if you want to go to like Holy Taco or, or, uh, what's this freaking burger place down the street? Um, Seven Brothers or something like that. That's got yeah. a little bit nicer hamburger, you know? Like, I'm all about that. But, I started following all these like Instagram food, local food things. I'm trying to like hit them up, hit them up. You used to ping me all the time about stuff, and I'm like, bro, I want to go. Like, well, this is check out the Mr. Fries, man. Just because it's like 
Instagram famous. Well, and that's the thing, right? It's like we do this, and that's it's part of the social media content of this whole thing where he's still snapping pictures because he wants to do that, and I get very passionate about this. Because the uh, the the clout is more important than the experience to him. Yeah. I mean, he puts on a, an act like with every bite, like, oh. oh, it's so good. I can taste the blah, blah, blah. I can taste this. Let me hurry and take a picture yeah, I do it so everyone knows that I'm experiencing this thing. Well, and, and that's what's crazy. Like, when did, like, like, and I use this example, like, very honestly, like, historically people used to, like, pray before they ate. Now we snap before we eat. Like, it's <laughs> it's it's weird, like, right? And Offer our tokens to the Instagram yes, gods. Yes, to the Instagram gods. <laughs> um, but that, that's what the crazy thing is, is, like, I've done this so many times myself, and I still do this to an extent. Oh, and I'll still do it. Like, if yeah, I well, find something I really like, I'm sharing that. Oh, definitely. I mean, half, half the reason that I go on vacations nowadays to eat. To try the food, Let's the local go. cuisine, and I'm snapping those. <laughs> Why the heck else do you go on vacation? I went to Toronto recently for work. You better bet poutine. You better bet your sweet kneecaps. I went and got some poutine. I also <laughs> went and got like some other like local street foods that like they kind of got like more hype. Like there's a there's a corn dog there that is like you, there's a corn dog. It has cheese wrapped around it, and then it's it has shrimp on that, and the, then the batter, and they fry it. And it was this little stand. I was not ready for the shrimp. Yeah. What? Um, yeah, guys. So, like, I went and did this, and it was amazing. I walked seven blocks for it just because I was like, oh, I want that. So but, like, that's the thing, though, is we'll continue to do it. But it's, like, so often, you're right, we're we're missing the experience for clout. Yep. I don't know. Do you guys just want to turn this into a food podcast, and we can just keep going like on this and talk about the best yeah. food we've eaten in life? Yeah, I would like to uh, talk about Jollibee, actually. I go to it in every city that's located across North America that I visit. Uh, no, we could go somewhere else. Um, the thing that I wanted to talk about to see if you guys had any thoughts on was, obviously this movie talks a lot about you know people and class, right? Because a big part of this is you know this guy who he's worked and made it into like this upper class of elite people who he's only serving... 12 meals, 12 plates a night to people who are paying $1,200 and stuff, right? And he just hasn't found his happiness and stuff, mm-hmm. right? And it talks so much about that. The thing that I wanted to talk about was something that is both brought up by a lot of people after watching the movie and also directly referenced in the film is why didn't these people fight back harder when they realized something was up, right? So okay, I, I have like a question. list of all of the things that they did, right, that they put up on screen, Amouge Boo's first course and stuff. The mess, which is the one where the sous chef, you know, takes his life, is in, like, the middle, right? There's still so much that happens after that, right? And obviously it's, like, super crazy, and some things do happen where they run and they're talking, and, you know, there are some people guarding them, but they reference it directly in the movie. Like, you guys haven't really even tried to get out of here. Like... And so I was wondering, like, what your guys' thoughts were about that, about, like, why, and, you know, with everything that's going on in the movie, but also, like, I don't know, just if you had any thoughts about, like, yeah, yeah. That's I, I thought about this during the movie, actually, which is crazy, and I thought about it afterwards. So I, okay, so my review on Letterboxd, and I, I posted this on Letterboxd, so I want to read it directly on how I did it. It's like Midsummer and Mother Had a Baby. Never stop mother. But. Okay, mother's crazy. I watched it with Josh. But in Midsommar, right, these people try to leave the experience. And what happens to them? They die. They didn't turn out so well. Didn't turn out so well. <clears throat> and in this film, nobody actually really tries to leave. There's some soft, like, oh, we're going, show, like, that kind of stuff. And people are, like, sitting glued to their seats. 
but they're still waiting for the next act. Like this whole thing was an act. Like each time he would clap his hands and bring out the next thing, people were just waiting on their toes for this experience. We do the same thing in movies all the time. You're like, what's the next curve? What's the next part of the story? Right? That's why we in, that's why they've invented luxury loungers, just so you could be more comfortable and then they vibrate your seat when something comes up. That's the whole thing right here is they they should have gotten up. They should have left. They could have definitely like beast out. Like I think there's only like 12 people in the whole meal though, I think, right? Correct. Something like that. And there's like double staff per person per per person, right? So, they definitely could have tried and I think that had they like actually made a fuss. I think it would have changed the experience of the slow it gave them. It might have been different. And you and what's crazy is he gives them the opportunity to run, right? At one point in the time, he's like, "Run! I'll give you like what ten second head start. Even you, you must go." Which also now that knowing the end, he just was like, "I know what's going to happen." Like that's what's crazy. But like, you just want to be a part of it. I think that was it. They just wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to experience whatever this grand masterpiece that Chef Sloak was offering, which ended to them being coming the world's worst, most garbage dessert, a s'more. I guess we can just, I, that was a perfect segue into my letterbox review. We all have, you know, little, I think we all had one line letterbox reviews, right? A lot of time I do more or two or something like that. My one line letterbox review for this movie was... I can't believe it took nearly a two-hour movie and 20-plus deaths for me to realize that s'mores are an absolutely <laughs> trash dessert. <laughs> and I've been thinking about that since the end of the movie, and I was like, you know, I can take a lot of things from this movie, but I just know, like, next time I go camping or something, like, like why? Do neither of you guys like s'mores? Did you not watch the movie, Vince? He, I've, I know, I've talk, watched it. Don't get me wrong. He's like it's this big, pompous guy who's literally like killing a ton, I, ton of people. I right? hate how I sticky I get when I, I know, eat them. but I love s'mores, man. I, just, I love them. <laughs> I feel like I go, I make a s'more. This is something that my wife actually told me, and I was like, oh, yeah, totally. You go, you make a s'more, right? And it like looks so good, but then you just eat it, and you like, it's so terrible to eat I and need, even need, as you're eating it's just you not even you, that you need a s'mores master the chocolate's not even really <laughs> melted so the graham crackers are just dry this, just a bunch of melted sugar oh this, is, this is how you change it's terrible. it terrible you take and you go get the smaller square s- marshmallows or you get marshmallow fluff so you put down your graham cracker you put down your chocolate you melt your chocolate with a lighter you put down this marshmallow heat it up put your s'more on top that's the only like, way to eat it. I just feel like we got to be careful trying to like innovate this more because then we're going to get to, you know, the level it did in this movie. Cook some people in it. You know, so <laughs> I think that's going to be like your next step. Now, right now it's square marshmallows, but then it's human marshmallows. <laughs> Everyone will be here. Um, oh, man. Anyway, sorry. I, I had just feel you guys that. I like. Yeah, but, oh, what, but, what, but what is your thing, though? <laughs> yeah, what what uh, is your go, thoughts I on think, that? I think that scene that you brought up is... Uh, it kind of shows what I what I what I think they, the reason that they stuck around um, that that chasing you were talking about. Yeah, I think they are all very selfish and self centered people who I agree with you want to see what's next. You know, I deserve this. I deserve that. I'm I paid twelve hundred dollars for this meal. I'm not going anywhere. This is all you know. And even to the point where the guy shot himself, they still had they were still finding ways to justify. Um, it oh, it's part of the act. That's what they said. Yeah. Which would be my reaction, too. You know, um, I mean, we have a lot of these like big, terrible things that happen around the world. And the first reaction that most people have is like trying to, you know, this can't be true. This can't be happening to me. And like, they don't act because they're confused at first and then scared. And then these people specifically, you can see in that scene where they're trying to get away, are very self centered and selfish 
they get a chance to get away and what do they do? They all run away separately. You know, they all go their different ways. And even the one guy's just like, this is my way to run. You go somewhere else. You know, they should have worked together to try to get away. They, they were out there in the forest. Um, they could have started picking off all of these assistant chefs or whatever, one by one and, and got away together. But instead they were all too selfish and they, and they fought and they all got captured and drugged back. And I think in the end of it, I think they all kind of knew why they were there. I mean, they seemed by the end of it, they all seemed very accepting, especially the movie star that was kind of just like, okay, I get why you brought me here and I don't know how I'm going to get away. So I'm just going to accept that I'm a part of this. The, the old boring wife and husband, they only go there because they have too much money and they don't know what to do with it. So they're yeah. just kind of like, they can't, they can't fight back. So if they don't have everybody's help, then they're not, they're useless. You know, everyone's just kind of accepted what's happened out of, like I said, um, fear. And also they don't think of the whole, they just think of themselves. Well, and, and when it gets into that situation where it's like, oh, we could all work together, but what if I'm the one that gets hurt? It's not worth saving everyone else if I'm the one who doesn't get the, get away. kind of feel like that's why they were stuck there. They stayed. Uh, I totally agree with you. And there's a point in like a process, right, when you can't turn back, when you're like, cool, I'm just embracing it. Like, it is what it is. I, I think that's the point where they got to, some of them got to in the movie, like, yeah, it is what it is. Like, once the meal got more targeted towards the stuff that was happening externally, some of them just were like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't change things. Like after the, the investor got like drowned at sea, like stuff like that, like that changes people. Like it's the trauma of the moment and you just become more and more here for the moment. Definitely. I agree with what you guys said. I also think something that Vince said kind of stuck out to me with my own feelings about why it was happening and what was going on. You talked about like, you know, those specific types of people and how they were so selfish and just the way that they were acting. These types of people can't even imagine like a situation like this happening to them, right? Like, you know, the people they associate themselves with, the places that they go, you know, this type of stuff, any sort of like, you know, crazy violence and stuff like that, it doesn't really happen around them anyways. And so while they still do try to get out and a lot of other stuff like happens, I feel like because of the type of people they are, they're just in some immense crazy shock that they're just like uh, and they can't think of anything else to do and they do stay for the show I feel like it as well they're like oh what's next and this stuff happens but I feel like just because they know they're a part of it they're staying for the show they're shocked is why it just kind of things upon things and it where it actually makes sense because when I was first watching it and when I saw what people were saying online a ton of people were like oh this just doesn't make sense like they're not even like trying to get out but as you look at all of the things, we each kind of have like a little bit of the same but kind of different responses. There's reasons why, and it makes sense, but it also makes sense why Anya Taylor-Joy, her character, Margot Aaron, was also able to kind of think and find a way out of it, if that makes sense. Well, it, it comes from your background. Like what, like certain people are more resourceful in finding what they need based off of a little to nothing Versus, and like, if we go into it, right, she was a service worker of some form. She was an escort, right? And she knew how to survive in very challenging and very uncomfortable situations. And she found a way to do so. Whereas, like, these people who have more money, who have, like, a little bit more cushiness, they usually have people to do that for them. Yeah, that's kind of her job, too, is to read people, right? Yeah. And that's kind of what she did with him, was kind of read him and figured out what he wanted, what, what, yeah, found a way to get out that way everyone else is just like you know who i am 
You don't mess with me. I, I'm connected. So leave me alone. She's like, no, I don't have anybody. I got to figure this out on my own. Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about, I feel like we'll have a lot to say about the movie. And so I don't want to necessarily like jump to the end, but just kind of while we're on the topic, I, I was like wondering your guys' thoughts about the end of the movie and what happened. Or we could do something else first if we want to just, it was kind of, I felt like it was kind of a good oh, thing yeah, to talk about next. Point. So obviously we get to the end of the movie, right? And like every time when I was trying to read up stuff beforehand and I was looking, there were so many articles that were like, the menu explained, like the menu ending explained, the menu ending explained. And I was like, yes, I get it because it's like kind of like a weird and controversial and maybe not understanding ending like for a lot of people. And I'm not saying that I like understood it even like 100% until I thought about it a lot afterwards. But I was just like, I felt like it wasn't like that crazy, right? Where like every single person writing a review is like the menu ending explained. I think it's because it can be very... I mean, you can take it at face value and just enjoy it as a thriller, you know, or you can look at it a little bit more, uh, a little bit deeper and kind of find those like hidden meanings of what it's saying, like you're talking about, about uh, content, you know, and creation. And I mean, in the case of the chef and why he was there and why he was doing this, he's a, he's an artist that lost his passion because he, he reached a peak and got to the point where he never no longer loved what he loved to do because he was just doing it for people who didn't appreciate his work and he lost his love for it and he lost himself in it all, you know? I mean, you can look at it pretty deep and each person has has kind of that, that a, a representation to him, you know? Um, I wrote down some of them. We talked about, like, Tyler, uh, the reason that he was there. Um, the actor, the failed actor, like, why would he bring him this failed actor to this meal and literally the only reason was because he saw a movie of him and he was so bad in the movie that he was he was so offended that this man is an artist who has no love for his art and the chef sees himself i think in that in that artist of just like he lost his love and except for that guy just stopped caring and gave up and for that reason on top of like him showing off and everything being a bad person he's like that's the reason that you're there every one of these characters has you know something similar to that the married couple are bored with life and all they do is spend their money the movie star's girlfriend she's spoiled she got she went to to a really high expensive college but was carried through the whole thing and she doesn't she doesn't appreciate you know what everything that she was given like everyone has these specific things so i think that's probably what people are going into in those like explain me videos is just going in depth in the in the deeper meaning in this what could be of just simple, fun menu food killing movie, but <laughs> is deeper. Yeah, this. well, think about that, like, writer and kind of the way she keeps describing everything out loud, talking to that person across the, the seat oh, yeah, from yeah. her and, like, just, like, dissecting everything. And I think that's when we come down to, like, back in the day, like, a lot of artists and people who write, not everyone was loved in their time for their art because they didn't get real-time feedback often, right? Like, your work, you might be famous in Italy, for instance, but... Maybe no one in Germany knew who the heck you were type thing, right? Like, it was a smaller thing. And now because, right, we're connected through the web, people are writing blogs. Like, sure, I might have written something nice about you one time. And this reminds me of, like, Chef, that movie where the guy does a food truck. The guy writes really good reviews of him before. And then as his, like, work decays and, like, his kind of, like, stuff gets stale and stagnant, like, the stuff changes. And in this Chef Slowick, he's, like, at the top of his game. And, like, people are criticizing him for being not creative, for not being who he needs to be in this experience, according to them, of their own perceptions. But he's put himself in a place where he's like, 
how can I love my art if no one else does or if everyone says I'm doing a bad job, right? And that's the thing, though, is, like, we get so much real-time feedback that it's detrimental to some people and their creativity. And I think that's another example of this. And maybe I just over-explained or re-explained or, what you're talking about. No, I don't or, or know. That's perfect. Like, like, he has literally reached a peak in cooking where he's making all these overly complicated things for people who don't enjoy it. Yeah. And that's what what saves Margot's life is, like, all all he wants to do is cook for people who will enjoy his movie. Or <laughs> cook for people that will enjoy his food. And when it comes right down to it, everyone's going to enjoy just a basic double cheeseburger. Yeah. And that just brought him back to the simple, I'm just going to cook this simple cheeseburger for someone who's just going to love it and appreciate it. And that gives him what he's been looking for, you know, through this f- for years. You know, it's just like making something easy for someone who will appreciate it. When you catch him smiling. Mm-hmm. While he's doing it, you catch him actually enjoying the process, right? Enjoying and, his art again. And, and think about it too, like, if you do something so long and everyone praises you for good things and then suddenly everyone turns on you like, oh, what's happened? Why have you stopped or what's going on? You're going to start second guessing everything you do in that way. And there's nothing more simple than a double cheeseburger with crinkle fries. His smile uh, matches the smile, obviously, from the photo that she saw, right, when he was younger, when he was cooking up. You know, that cheeseburger at whatever, you know, little restaurant he worked at when he was... Happy Dave's. When he was younger, Happy Dave's. I don't, I don't know. If that's <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you remember that? Jeez. Um, it just matches that. And I feel like it it does make him happy, which is what kind of compels him to let her go. I feel like it was also, like, even though he's this artist and he's on this, like, mad, crazy journey of this, of the menu, right? His plan to do the next level of his art of, you know, this whole plan, the whole thing the movie's about, right? But I feel like he's still, like, weirdly human where, because since she wasn't supposed to be there originally and he originally, he's like, all right, are you going to be on their side or our side? And he does that whole thing, right? And he gets to a point with her where she's been so weird about it, right? Because all of these people the whole night are like, oh, yes, like this food. But, you know, obviously before we get to the crazy, crazy part, right? They're the like, oh, feel. yes, this food, the mouthfeel. Like even like you've got all those, the the bread without, bread plate without the bread, right? And they're just like, oh, yes, interesting. When it's like in reality that would just be like disgusting, I'd right? Be, I'm, I'm still so bugged. Like balsamic. Would... Like can you imagine something as strong as like balsamic and like that's like what's basically on there and you're just supposed to like what, like? Like drink it, like eat, use that weird little wooden spoon that he yeah. like gave you. Like that would just be so. I would be so pissed if I spent twelve hundred dollars <laughs> on a on a restaurant experience known for their bread, and he came out and was just like, "No, I'm not going to give you bread. This is part of the show." I'd be like, "Bull crap! I came here to enjoy this food." <laughs> well, real. and that's what those bros do, right? They're like, "Can we yeah. get some bread?" And I, I felt safe like, with those no. guys. I've been right there with them. Like, yeah. bull crap. Because well, and then that's the thing, right? Is like. And yeah, so they're kind of like that, but there's just like so much of them, especially Tyler, right? That's just like eating it up and it's part of this whole experience and she's just not about it, right? Like the whole time she's kind of been like out of it. And so he not only feels like he's doing this whole thing, but he also feels like this is like his masterpiece, right? The menu he's been working on. And she is like, even though she wasn't planning to be there, she's rejecting him saying he's not like a good chef the whole time, right? And so when she finally gets to that point where, and so we have all the symbolism that goes along with it, but when we finally get to that point where she's like, yeah, just like make me like a good double cheeseburger and he's happy and he makes it for her. And then she says that it's like really good. I also feel like that's like, you know, that's like her like doing her thing, but it's also like 
all right, like my masterpiece like can still go on, can still be completed. She thinks I'm a good chef. Like, okay, like we yeah. can do she, this now. She was ruining his, <laughs> she his perfect it. night because everyone else was buying into it except for her. So he had to please the one person who wasn't buying into it. And so that's why he was like, all right, all right, you can go. It's okay. <laughs> we can finish now. <laughs> well, and that's, Dessert. that's just like the beauty of the whole thing, right, though, is that like he found a way to still feel satisfied even though like it's kind of like he says early on, you're not supposed to be here. Like there is a plan and you're not a part of it. She put herself into the plan but then casually excused herself from the table and in a matter of speaking, right? She's like, cool, I need to take this to go. But – why did he let that happen? Because she fulfilled his need right there to be a good chef, to be satisfied with the opportunity experience and to go. And that's, that's all it was at the end there. It's like, all it takes is just that. And it's, it's, it's surprising. It was jarring and it gets down to where everyone's just right. Toasted. And she's not, I don't know what to say. They were all even cool with it. Like all the people who were putting on their, you know, big old marshmallow coats and chocolate hats, you know, they were all like, yeah, like, go ahead. Like, they all kind of accepted their fate. They were ready for the final dessert of the menu, you know. They got through the whole thing, even Tyler's bullshit, so. Well, and they could have fought back at any point throughout all this. Like, there's a whole break where he's just making her a freaking cheeseburger, and they're so sitting there like, oh, nice cheeseburger. In their defense, <clears throat> there was a gun in the room, and all those chefs had a lot of knives and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I'd be pretty uh I'd be pretty slow to to move to, I think, if Vince? I saw every one of those chefs with those big old butcher knives and stuff in their hands. Let's step back to your nothing. to your comment, Vince, about like, you know, if I'm not gonna get out of here, why fight back thing <laughs> that you said? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm I'm selfish. I'm I'm gonna sit back here and snap uh, pictures I, of my food and I, pretend I, I, I don't like want a knife in my day. back either, so it's fine. <laughs> No, that's an interesting thought, though. I didn't think about that, though, at that point in the show. I did love, I felt like one of the most, it ended up being comedic, but at first it was just, like, really cool, and I liked it to go along with the idea of the film, right? Like, the menu, and as it's going along, and it tells the story in really blatant terms, but every time it would pop up with one of the little, like, the things where it would say, ah, yes, the first course, here's what it is, and all that stuff. And even as the movie gets crazy, it still does that. Like, yeah. one of my... Cause I like, I wrote them down or I got them from a website and I'm not going to read all of them. Cause there was a lot as the movie went along, but there was a lot of them cause they just started normally. And then you had, you know, the mess, pressure cooked beef, bone broth, heirloom carrots and potatoes, RIP Jeremy Luke's, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Or, you know, the final dessert course, more marshmallow, chocolate, graham cracker, customer staff restaurant, <laughs> like just that popping up, like so casually, like we're on an episode of like the great British breaking show or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. And you're <laughs> just cool. like, Oh my gosh, like what is this? I, I, I thought it was nice hilarious. I mean, and Noel really good. describing the meal as we go from Great British Bake Off. So this week, uh, our chef, Chef Slowick, has provided <laughs> to us <laughs> a very beautiful thing in the little artsy drawing coming up. I can see it now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just a gorgeous little drawing of you know the one chef stabbing him in the leg or crotch or wherever it was. Oh man, that was crazy! I kind of forgot about that for a minute. Yeah, that was a weird part. Where he's like. Step like giving the description of the whole thing. What a performance, though. Also, can we talk about the second restaurant house thing that's like a duplicate of the restaurant in a way that's like 
where she finds out yeah, about it's like cooking. room or something that's his like bedroom house yeah it's like it's house, how right? obsessed he is with perfection as he's even bringing it home bringing his art home with him and obsessed i with mean you already time. live on this island right like are you really that far from it i don't but yes yeah. but maybe he but has that's like the thing right? weird, weird cult idol island <laughs> yeah that was a cult-like experience and where they're all like oh we all sleep in this room together yeah right. i looked at that military. Because they had not only that, but, like, it showed you literally, like, the freaking toilet there, too, right? It wasn't like, oh, there's, like, this one toilet we all use, which would already be gross. It's just sitting there yeah. in the room, right? Like, where they're all sleeping. You're just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, man. You I mean, do for a cooking cult. Yeah, anything anything <laughs> to have a good time with my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I got two little fun facts, and that's think. I think about all I've got. Um, the The idea for the movie, the writer, Will Tracy, came up with the idea while visiting Bergen, Norway, when he took a boat to a fancy restaurant to a nearby private island and realized they were stuck or trapped on the island until the meal was done. So he literally had this experience where he went out to a restaurant and started eating, and he got a little bit, like, claustrophobic while he was on that island, thinking, like, I'm stuck here with, until this is over. Like, Do you I know no the name of the restaurant he went to in Bergen? Uh, no, it didn't say, but that I'm sure you could look it up. a little more sense, because when I was looking up stuff about this movie, I read, like, you know how Google autofills that stuff for you, right? I was looking up, like, the menu, and I put, like, is the menu, and someone put, like, based on a true story, oh. and I was like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> what do you think happened? <laughs> but they probably, like, heard something like that, and so they were like, oh, okay, and yeah, so they're, yeah. like, trying to find that sort of story. <laughs> that but, makes more sense. Yeah, and he, he said that on a talk show. I don't remember which one, so it's probably a wit floating out there, very popular. Right. Um, the only other thing was John Leguizamo based his washed-up movie action star character on the actor Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> really? <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he says, um, he called, it says, to whom he called a horrible human due to a particularly, particularly bad experiencing, experience while working with Seagal on a on a movie or something. So <laughs> that's hilarious. That's funny. He's just like, screw this guy. Yeah. Like, he's like, <laughs> my horrible movie person is based on you. Could you imagine if you're like, if you're just like watching the interview with the guy who plays Tyler and he's like, Oh dude, I based my character off this guy yeah. and it's you. And you're just like, I hated that guy. Well, <laughs> well it's just like uh, in American psycho, right? When, uh, what, when what's his bucket based, uh, gosh, Christian Bell based his character portrayal off of Tom Cruise in an interview. Oh, did he? Yeah. His whole entire person is like uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, so it's it's like the Tom same. Cruise. That's amazing though. And what a curious mm. thing though that you get enough creative freedom to be like, cool, I'm gonna base my portrayal of this character, like the movie star, off of Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man, that's amazing. That's all I got. Yeah. Anything else from you? Um, do we add anything other than our most rewindable moment? Oh yeah, yeah. That? Uh, that's that was going to be our next thing. Um, do you want to start <laughs> with yours, Josh? Oh man, I feel bad if I take anyone else's because I just thought of mine like while we were doing the podcast. Well, start feeling bad and tell us what it is. All right, all right. <laughs> I feel bad already. My most rewindable moment from the movie was I'm trying to like remember it. I'm like, oh crap, I had it, <laughs> and I'm forgetting it. Um, my most rewindable moment from the movie was the mess. Um, not because, so when the sous chef, um, died by suicide. Oh, okay. yeah. right, right, right. Um, and so obviously it was a super 
like crazy moment, right? Obviously, like something like that happens. And suicide is something that's like super real for a lot of people. And obviously it just fits into like the narrative of this movie like that. But it was just my most remindable moment because that was the moment where it was like official, right? Like stuff had already been happening. There was weird stuff going on, right? And then that moment happened and they just like set it all up, right? They lay out this tarp. They put out these herbs and like spices and stuff like that, right? And then they just, they just draw this plastic curtain and then they open the curtain and they bring out the food and you're just like, what? Just And everyone is shocked, right? Like even though we've talked about how like they didn't ever really try super hard to escape, but just like that's the moment where it just gets like, what is happening? Like this just went to the next level. It's where you really found out kind of what's going on in this movie, that it's not only just the sinister plot of this one man, but everyone's in on it and it's going to be a crazy night. So, and I mean that in like, a crazy way, but also like it was kind of shocking and like kind of like hits right. The guy like shoots himself, and that's tough. So that was a crazy one. And also to think about it, like they put up those sheets to block like the blood from getting into the kitchen, so yeah. that they could continue to cook, so it was still sanitary and clean. And then they take it down, and it's like a sacrifice, right? Like they prepped him as a sacrifice, and that's what's this is mind blowing, and how the chef just like belittles the sous chef. And it's like, you'll never make it to my prestige. You will never be. And it's like wild because like we as people, we have like it's right. Like never meet your heroes thing. Right. In this industry, same type of thing. Probably some people go and they do something. It's like never meet these people you want to interact with. And so I don't know. It's wild to me. That's, that's all I had to say. Um, can I do mine, Vince? Yeah, go for it. So actually, stupidly. Mine is the cheeseburger scene. Like, in all honesty, that's it. And it's not because of any other reason, but the actual joy I felt in that moment, actually. Because it, it was kind of like, and like you said, I compared this to Midsommar in a way, right? Like, it's actually that moment of clarity and happiness and peace. And it just is, like, good and nice. So, that was it. I think mine was, uh, it's been a little bit since I've seen the movie, so not a lot of scenes are fresh in my mind. But... I remember really enjoying the tortilla scene. Mm-hmm. They bring out the wraps and everyone starts looking at the little pictures and you start finding out like the bad things that these people have been up to. And one by one, you're just like, oh yeah, that guy's messed up. Oh yeah, that guy's messed up. And you know, <laughs> little by little you're you're learning and then it gets to Tyler and it's like him taking uh, the taking pictures, pictures. Right? He's been breaking the rules the whole time and it's just like, <sighs> I've never seen, I, I felt so, I understood why the chef took that you know i hate it when i saw i just said i just told you guys i saw violent light night the other night literally four people around me had their phones out for the first 10 minutes of that movie the the kid right to my left the kid right to my right the kid right to the front in front of me and uh, a couple rows down in front and i just wanted to be like hey guys you guys gonna watch this movie or what you know it's just like put your dang phones where's away, michael okay? when you needed him <laughs> if, if they're gonna ask you to put your phones away just be respectful and put your phones away and I don't know. It's just, that's a little side note. But that whole scene where you're just kind of finding out all these, all the things that these people have done wrong, you've been, and you're like, oh, okay, I see why I these, want these my are own bad people. Laser engraved tortilla, man. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> can we, is that like just for the movie or can we do that? Because uh, it wasn't like, oh, it's laser engraved and so it's like burnt on there. It looked like just like, you know, the nice light brown was yeah, making the picture, like not nice, some burnt. Nice, yeah, good yeah. toasting. Still, oh. it's yummy to eat. Also, what's really cool about that, and sorry to keep jumping in on these little moments about this, but what's really cool about that is that this, they uncover everything. They lay it out for you, everything that's happened in that, right? 
And so it's not just like a little, oh, like I've done terrible things. Like that lady had closed a bunch of restaurants with her reviews. And like the guys with all their like money transfers, that was like crazy. That one table of bros, we could do a whole podcast on the actual audacity of them bitches. But we won't. <laughs> but it's just like, it's crazy. Like there's so much about it. So yeah, that's, that's, I love that part too. Oh, Good job. We're going to wrap up, but just. Since we're on the topic of those other characters, oh my gosh. The one who annoyed me maybe even more than Tyler was the guy who sat opposite of the restaurant critic. That you could just oh, tell yeah. that he was just like, oh, yes, yes, that's what it is. When she's like, she says something so pompous, but that's like her job, right? And so you're like, whatever. And he's like, that's what it is. Just oh, my the- goodness. Yes. And then he says something like simple. And she's like, no, no, no. It's like this. And he's like, you're so right. And I'm just like, oh. God, the shut yes, up. Man. Like, he's an enabler oh of the worst. <laughs> and then when yeah. he, like, when they did the thing where they could run, <laughs> he was just like, all right, bye. Like, <laughs> he's like, sorry, I'm gone. Anyway, sorry, just while we we're on the topic of No, guys, that's a great call out. Like, I think with this show, and just in closing my closing thoughts on this, you can approach the show and be every single person in a moment in your time like about this because all of us can be pompous all of us can be an enabler of bad behavior all of us can be just like a passenger to someone else's bad behavior we've all laundered money here and there right yeah yeah like uh, uh, just me uh, uh, laundering <laughs> money i have four accounts in the caymans and two numbered swiss <laughs> accounts what can i say but no i'm just meaning like there's a I, I don't necessarily know that you're you're all those behaviors right but there's attitudes actions that you could take that are like that's just a little bit kind of like that, and you could relate a little bit on the level. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't think any of you guys are terrible Monday launderers, and I don't know that either of you are uh, paying for for sex with random service workers. So, Maybe. Um, but you know, I could find out later that you are, and I'd probably give you a high five. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> oh, that makes me sound really douchey. I'm very sorry. That was full sarcasm, and I'm looking like an ass. But anyhow, I got nothing Basically, else. We could be anyone in this movie, but mostly we're the mom in the corner. The mom All in right? the corner. Just yeah. That's- that's our character. And mostly, <laughs> I just want to make that cheeseburger. And I actually found a recipe for it while we're and here. I just want to eat it. Let's do a cheeseburger night. All right. Yeah. Next up on the Pause Run Play podcast, the cheeseburger. The cheeseburger. <laughs> this is when it turns into the cookie show. <laughs> I love that. I love that how much we've all like talked about food during this as well because it's kind of like we eat every day. Everyone eats. And the experience of this restaurant was that the exclusive eat here. And so you who are watching at home or listening at home, right? Um, you're not the exclusive. If you're watching this, you're a great person. Everyone's welcome here. We want you to partake in the Pause Around Play podcast. And uh, we'll be back again soon with another great episode. Thanks again, Vince, for setting this up, and we'll catch you next time.